Looking at the screen, Denise, the girls, our daughters, talking about the Nintendo set. Do you still recall that? I do. I absolutely do. That was the one thing they really wanted more than anything that year. Now, back then, they used to sit with the Toys R Us catalog, and they would circle, go through page by page, and circle everything that they wanted out of the catalog. But that was the one thing they wanted more than anything. So we didn't know what Nintendo was, and we didn't know what who Super Mario was. You know, is he a... Is he the man at the store? Is he a kid in their class? I don't know who Super Mario is. But we found out really quick when we got the, the Nintendo. They and, really liked and it. And can I tell you, they grossly exaggerated no. me monopolizing no. that gift. No, you, absolutely. Uh, they grossly that's exaggerated. That's selective memory. I specifically remember. Believe your pastor. <laughs> they exaggerated that story. For a few moments, we want to talk about Christmas is a gift. Christmas is a gift. The gift of Christmas is from God to us. And there's a passage of Scripture. It's often referred to as the golden text of Scripture. Someone said you could preach the whole gospel from John 3.16. I tweeted it the other day, less than 140 characters, and you can, you can announce the gospel. The gospel is so clear it can be told by a child and understood by a child. And it's found in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And I was thinking about that and Christmas is a gift. So I began to do a little bit of study on that. And, and I actually came upon the thought uh, in, in research that legally... There are elements for something to be classified a gift. Actually, by the IRS and by, by the government, there, there's certain things that a gift has to have in order for it to be classified as a gift. And as I thought about those four things, I found all of them in John 3.16. First, in reference to the elements of a gift, you have to think about the capacity of the giver. The capacity of the giver. Can I tell you? I have a certain capacity. I, 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 I might be able to, to give you a $10 gift card. I couldn't pay off your house. I couldn't pay off uh, your college bill. I couldn't buy you a new house. There's, there's certain things I couldn't do. It's beyond my capacity. All of us have shopped, and we've told a loved one, or we've told ourselves, we can't afford that. Why? Because of the capacity of the giver. In John three sixteen, the first thing we're introduced to is God, for God. And, and right away, when it comes to giving, God is saying, look to me. Don't look to yourself. Don't look what you have the capacity to do. This gift is coming from me. It's from God. And we're acquainted with the capacity of the giver. God is so benevolent. God is so gracious. God is so abundant in every area. He's able to bring in every one of our hearts throughout the centuries, throughout time. We're never at a point where God is overdrawn or God has reached his credit limit. God is always extending salvation to hearts and the capacity of the giver God is, is just bountiful. The second thing we learn is not only in reference to gifts, the, cap the capacity of the giver, you have to look at the intent of the giver. The intent. If somebody gives you a book, they intend for you to read. 
If some, if you're a college student and somebody gives you a computer, they're intending to help you probably with your homework. If somebody gives you a restaurant gift certificate, they're saying, I'm intending for the person to go to a place that I enjoy going or I know they enjoy. I intend to give them a good time. Some gifts that you, will be opened on Christmas Day today, people saying it's the, oh, how thoughtful of you. And it'll be something and it's the intent to, to make life easier, make life simpler, to to help them in whether it's a technology or somebody gives you a trip. They're saying, go to this place I found fabulous that I, I enjoyed so much. Uh, Denise, I know when she shops, or the, the intention of, of giving something, the, the girls or grandkids or son-in-laws. Yeah, you try, you try to, of course, get them something that they want and they would use. But actually, Friday, I went to the store to a specific store to get a specific gift for my son-in-law because it's something I know he likes, he uses all the time. I buy it for him every Christmas and I put it in his stocking. Well, I went to the store, looked for it, and they did not have it. They didn't have the kind that he liked. So I Sometimes looked, Goodwill doesn't have all the gifts we're looking for. <laughs> so I looked around to see what else they had, and they had the same kind of thing, only not exactly the kind that he liked, but I had to get the other kind instead. My intent was to get him the one he liked, but they just didn't have it, so I wasn't able to do that. But you see, God is different. One of the things we learn in John 3.16, not only God the capacity of the giver, it's the next phrase, the intent of the giver. Kids, you can, you can fill in the blank for me. For God so, there it is. The intent of the giver is found in John 3.16. What God wanted to do. Uh, God did not want to punish. God was not wanting to alienate. God was not wanting to reject. God was not trying to get even. God, God was not settling an old score. The intent of the giver can't, comes through in John 3.60. Well, God has great capacity. Guess what? God loves. If uh, you take any Bible school courses, you may come upon a course that I took when I was in Bible school years ago. Uh, it's, in, it's entitled Comparative of Religions. And you compare in the study, uh, the course, different religion. You study the different religions of the world, Eastern religions, religions, uh, Middle East, etc. You study all the religions of the world. Can I tell you, Christianity is unique in this. Christianity is the only religion in the world where God is pictured as loving. In every other setting, it's appeasement, it's earning, sometimes punishment, sometimes very exclusive. God, the, 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 the deity that they, that they depict is a deity that's very exclusive and very narrow-minded. It's only in Christianity where there is a family relationship. It's not found in any other relationship, in any other faith movement. It's in Christianity. We are the children of God. And it's depicted, the message of the gospel is of God so loved the world. So we learn the intent of the giver. The next thing that we learn in the study of a gift is not only the intent of the giver, but the, the delivery of the gift by the giver. The delivery of the gift by the giver. That's, that's a portion in, in the, the qualification of it being a gift. For example, if, if I go out shopping and I hear Denise wants a, a pair of shoes and she says, this is my favorite shoe, this is my favorite color, this is the size, I would love to have that. I go out and I buy the very shoe she wants, the very color she wants from the place she wants, but if I don't deliver it to her, if I don't give it to her, I own a pair of women's shoes. 
until the gift is delivered, it's not a gift. As long as I hold on to that gift, I own a pair of women's shoes. It's only when I give the gift, the gift is delivered to Denise, then it becomes a gift. She now has a gift, which is a pair of shoes, and I have the joy of having giving that gift to her. And I think about during the Christmas season, we've had gifts come by Yeah, we've had mail. gifts by mail. We've had people drop stuff off at our house. People have given us stuff here at the church. And a couple of times, even one day this week, we had UPS drop a gift off um, and leave it on our front porch. Now, they'll ring the doorbell, and they don't wait to see if you're home or not. They just leave it. And then they go on. So you, you hope that you're home. But it reminds me every time we get a gift dropped on our front porch that I, the news stories that you see this time of year about all the people who go around stealing the gifts off of people's porches that UPS or the postal system or whoever leaves there for them, how heartbreaking during, especially in this time of year, that people would steal gifts that were meant for someone else. I just, that, that just breaks my heart every time I see one of those stories. And there are people here today God's gift has been stolen from you you're you're offended at God maybe angry at God something happened you don't understand don't agree with, and somehow you've assigned that that God did that to me and there's a profound disappointment there, there there's a profound hurt in your life and can I tell you that incident that tragedy not created by God has stolen God's gift from you. God delivers. God delivers the gift for God, the capacity of the giver, his intention, so love, but he delivers it. Guess what? He gave his only begotten son. The father himself delivered the gift to us. There's a there's a place in the Holy Land. There's a place in the Holy Land where a Savior was born. Near where shepherds were out in the field at night. And God sent his, his love message, his gift to all of humanity. God delivered it. Now, in order for us to appropriate that, that's the fourth aspect of a gift. That is the recipient of the gift, receiving the gift, the recipient taking the gift that's been delivered to them. And it's found in, the, in John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, here it is, the recipient has to receive it, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. You see, God did not make it difficult God made it available so the smallest child, so the, the person that has nothing can still receive God's best, can still receive salvation. No one is alienated. Whoever believes. You see, if, if, if you could buy it, the rich would have it and the, the poor would be without. If you could earn it, the strong would have it and the weak would be without. And God did not want anyone excluded. He delivered the gift of his son, Jesus, and he said, whoever believes. What is believing? Believing is when we ask Jesus into our life, and through repentance, we give away and we release 
our sin, our, our mess. And we all have them. Our doubt or inhibition, for some, it's, it can be pride. So some self-made people that have been very successful in life, that success, that self-sufficiency can become a way they, they alienate God. And then some, it's by bad choices, and they carry the scar tissue of that in their life. Regardless, regardless, God loves. And he says, whoever, whoever believes. If you haven't been on speaking terms with God, if, if, if you're offended at God for something that happened, can I tell you, God's not offended at you. He extends his heart. And he says, those who believe can have eternal life. In just a few moments, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you can, you can take that faith experience moment. I remember I was 14 years old. I called upon the Lord. And Jesus came into my heart. I, I, I couldn't explain it. I couldn't give you a theological definition of it. I just knew something was missing. And when I found Jesus, it was like going home, but to home I had, I had never been at before. It just seemed like life was right. The, the spirit part of me finally met the Creator, finally met God, and it just seemed right. And God extends that to you. Believing, believing that Jesus is God's one and only Son, and saying, Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sin. You don't have to correct them. You don't, you, you don't have to fix your, your, your mess-ups. The Bible says we repent. Repent, releasing, turning away, and saying, God, I need you. And that can happen for you. That can happen today. So across this auditorium, from the balcony, side to side, front to back, I'm going to invite you to bow your heads right now and we're going to go into a prayer moment. And I would love the privilege of praying and leading you in a prayer moment. Personal faith commitment. For some, you've been warming up to God for some time. You've been on a faith journey this year. There have been moments in your heart the awareness of God has been so real. There are times this year, it's, it's like God is there. The, the spirit part of you has, has communed with God, driving down the road or in your daydreaming. God has been knocking on your door, and he's inviting you now to open that door and let him come in. There's no magic formula. There's no certain words. It's just, Jesus, come into my life. Jesus, forgive me, and I receive you as Lord and Savior. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for giving your son Jesus as Savior and Redeemer for all of us. And I believe there are people right now in this auditorium, they're praying a, a prayer of reception to receive Christ as Savior. Some are letting go of some hurts some are letting go of some resistance. Some are asking forgiveness for some bad choices they've made in life. Some have resisted God because they feel like they've got to clean up their life and get everything perfect. 
but they're reminded today you take us just as we are and you begin that transforming work in our heart and I ask you Lord that you will hear their hearts cry you'll honor their faith as they're asking you to come into their life today on this Christmas Sunday thank you for your goodness in Jesus name I pray amen I'm going to invite the kids to come out they're going to have a song they're going to share with you please enjoy this moment come on It's Christmas time. 
Before we leave, I want to invite all the kids, if you're here and you want to join me, come up on the platform. We're going to sing Jingle Bells together. You're going to be the choir. All the kids on either side, come up on the come platform. On We'd love to have you. Come on, join me, kids. Join me up here. Come all the way in. Come all the way in. Yes. Come on in. Come on in. Come on in here. Yes. So I'll tell you what we're going to do. Moms and dad, grandma and grandpas, you're going to be the band. Okay? Reach in your pocket or your purse and get your keys. We're going to do jingle bells with our keys, okay? Get your keys out. The kids are going to sing jingle bells and you're going to play your instrument for them, okay? <laughs> we have some more kids come. Come on up here. Come on up here. Yes. Okay. Are you ready? No, we got some more. Come on up here. Hurry up, guys. So, uh, moms and dads, grandma and grandpa, you got your keys. Let's, let's, let's tune our instruments up, okay? You're going you're gonna to play with your keys jingle bells. And the kids are, Denise is going to lead off with the kids. And kids, you're going to sing jingle bells today, okay? You with me? Okay, ready? On the count of three. One, two, three. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride a one-horse open sleigh. Hey. Let's do it again. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Hey, jingle bells, jingle, jingle all the way. Oh, what fun it is to ride in a one-horse open sleigh. Yay! Don't we have awesome kids? <laughs> We want to take this opportunity to just say God bless you this Christmas. Have a wonderful Christmas with your family. We love you. Merry Christmas. Thank you. You're dismissed. Merry Christmas. God bless you.